1: That is good everybody this is episode number 27 of the look ahead part of the sb nation nfl show i am rob stats guerrera from niners nation and with me as always from blogging the boys the lighter the fresher the freer rj
2: ochoa what's up rj What's going on stats the hills are alive with the sound of music it's great to be <laughs> in the presence of a of a beautiful man rob stats and you know i i heard on a different production here on the SB nation nfl show that praising you was was deemed as taboo and i don't understand that i mean you're among the more charming the more, you know, debonair, the more bright, the more clever people that I know in my life. An outstanding husband, an award-winning father. I mean, why wouldn't we want to celebrate this every chance we get? I am atop the mountain stats, and I am shouting two different things. Rob Stats Guerrero, hear him roar. He among us is the best. And number two, the Cowboys paid Dak. Thank God. How just... Excited
1: or relieved are you that you no longer have to talk about why haven't the cowboys paid Dak? Could he leave? What are they gonna do? Like you are free from that for at least three
2: years. I feel like Dobby when he was giving clothes. Um <laughs> I mean it it really it's it's so it's so peaceful. Um and, and it's so refreshing. It's like on a hot summer day the moment when you jump into the pool and your body is first submerged and you feel that like coolness wash over you. Um, since you are a devout San Francisco 49ers fan, you are trying to will the Seattle Seahawks trading uh, Russell Wilson. And so into existence. And so you sent me some things about this and it just, it felt so awesome to like not care, right? Like, <laughs> to, to, like <laughs> to have no involvement in this whatsoever. He had a tweet on, um on Wednesday where he it was, he was wearing like a, a gray shirt, in a blue like workout mask that like inhibited his breathing or whatever. I I don't know what the effect is, but um, if this had happened on or that tweeted up on Monday morning, I would have tweeted something to the effect of, wait a minute, Russell chose Cowboys colors. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What is, I feel so good not have to chasing or not to have to chase those things.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you're free from that. Dak is free from that. Um, I thought it was fascinating that Mike Florio called it easily. The greatest contract anyone has ever signed in the history of the NFL. And like Mike cuts through a lot of the bull crap and fluff when it comes to contracts that you hear from teams and agents. So for him to say that, I was like, whoa. And then I saw the terms of the thing and realizing that he's going to get another crack at the apple when he's 31 years old. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes will be under contract for seven more years at that point. Dak crushed it.
2: He really did. And as true as all that is, and I agree with you and with Mike Florio, it, it isn't crippling to his team, which is the really, you know, obviously ultimately awesome thing is that like in that sense, in the finalizing of it all, everybody did win. The Cowboys got an elite quarterback, Dak Prescott, got what he rightfully deserved. Um, in that sense, like I've, I've heard, obviously, a lot of people make that point that Dak will get another crack of the apple really reminds me, ironically, given this offseason, of Matthew Stafford when he got that big deal with the Lions. Everybody said, oh, when Matthew Stafford's barely entering his 30s. He's... And Matthew Stafford has the luxury of obviously being drafted first overall in 2009. So before the new – well, now the old CBA. Uh, right. But you know before the rookie wage scale, I do think it's amazing because – and I'm sure you've heard this said. That Dak Prescott could, when it's all said and done, especially after, you know, the new contracts and gambling money and whatnot, be among the highest earners in NFL history. That's just incredible to me, given that over the life of his rookie deal, comparatively speaking, he really didn't make anything. But that does also speak to how much money is coming down the bend for the NFL as a whole. Oh, yeah, they are printing money, and let's just say
1: business is a booming. We want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. You get this show, you get all the shows we do, and I had the pleasure of doing this morning's daily kickoff, and let me tell you, RJ, there are a ton of moves. Like, it is hard to fit everything into a five-minute window because there's just so much going on. It is incredible, Players are getting released because teams are scrambling to get under the cap, which is 182 and a half million dollars. There's veteran guys getting released just this morning as we're recording this. Jack Rabbit uh, got cut to Norris Jenkins got cut from the New Orleans Saints. So it is ongoing. And I'm sure by the time we finish this episode, several more players will be given their pink slips.
2: Jack Rabbit, one of the few NFL players that has me blocked on Twitter, I uh, huh. trolled him once upon a time about Des Bryant, and he uh, did not take kindly to that. I will, um, I will hone up to that, take the responsibility. It is, um, it is, I mean, it's awful. I mean, to see people lose their jobs, but I think it does have people excited, like NFL fans, like all this talent is available. Um, And I do think, you know, this is this is really going to separate the legitimate, you know, front offices from the non legitimate ones, because there's one way to go about this and then there's an incorrect way to go about this. And uh, well, if we were an NFL front office, I know that we would be among the best.
1: Well, Warren Buffett says when everybody's scared, be greedy and when everybody's greedy, be scared. And I feel like everybody's kind of scared right now. They're trying to get under the cap. It's, you know, like they are literally releasing players. Like I can imagine the conversations like, hey, you're great. You've been producing for us, but we just cannot afford you. And so there are going to be a ton of good players on the market. And if teams are willing to be aggressive, RJ, I almost feel like it's kind of like the NBA, because I feel like the money is kind of going to be the same for the most part for a lot of these guys. So then it's going to come down to, the city you play in, the tax situation possibly, and the recruiting pitch from some of these GMs and coaches.
2: Yeah, if only there was a team that had a world-class training facility, a name brand that is literally the highest among all professional sports teams in the world, a quarterback that is supremely well-liked among his peers, and money to throw at everything in terms of of off-of-the-field amenities. I mean, I know of a team that happens to operate in Frisco, Texas um, that checks all those boxes. No big deal, just saying. And a quiet sort of thing that happened yesterday that people were not really talking about
1: is the Cowboys restructured three-fifths of their offensive line and freed up I believe it was like 17 million dollars. do you think that Jerry's just gonna say, you know what this is the year we are going to go all in this year the cap's gonna jump way back up in 2022 forget it like we'll figure that out later we're this
2: is our year we're making this run now i I hope so, um, you know, I think for people that are maybe fans of different n f l teams like um you know like the 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 little one in in Pennsylvania, like the Steelers run that state um but um you know or the the team in the midwest that Pete Sweeney likes to you know blab about on Mondays and whatnot <laughs> um I mean. People have this idea of the Cowboys and Jerry Jones. And, and like, you, you, you go to a sports bar with your friend, you're, you know, I don't know, playing some cornhole, doing the shuffleboard thing. And they say, oh, Jerry Jones, he'll, he'll pay for anybody. What, like, what are you watching? Like, what, when, when did that happen? Like, actually, I, this is a trivia question for you, stats. Do you know the last, like, big time free agent the Cowboys swung hard after? Oh, and I'm talking gave gave like a, you know, market, you know, setting market ish type big time contract off the top of my head. T.O. No, you're not far off. Honestly, it was Brandon Carr in the offseason of 2012. (laughs) Um, But, but that, and like people think that he was a failure in Dallas. He didn't have a lot of interceptions, but he never missed a game. He was a really great leader. Uh, They brought him back this past year uh, for a cup of coffee, but I mean that, that really spooked them and that really spooked Steven Jones. And ever since then, it's been bargain bin hunting, bargain bin hunting. And so um, I do, sincerely hope that they have realized the error of their ways during Dex's press conference on Wednesday, Jerry Jones talked about how he felt like he had a lot of things figured out in the NFL, uh, and with regards to team building before COVID struck. And obviously that did change the way everything in our lives function. Um, he did, um, it, look, the, the safety of people is the most important thing. He, he was talking about how he anticipates full capacity attendance in 2021, by the way. Um, and for what it's worth, the Texas Rangers, who are their neighbors, are, I believe, anticipated to have full attendance for their season opener next month. But, um, but in talking about that, he, he said, you know, safety was going to be the focus. And he, he said the word safety several times and really focused on it. And he said, that's, that's the word. And getting back to the football of it all, every Cowboys fan was thinking, OK, so you know that word. Just apply it to a different context (laughs) uh, because you really need a a safety on your football team. And so I I really do hope that they they realize that they have an opportunity here. They play in the worst division in the weaker conference and have an opportunity with their current cast on offense. You mentioned the restructures. They did not restructure Amari Cooper's contract, which I, I find to be relevant because they can escape that deal after the 2021 season. Um, in, in a relatively cost-free manner. And so that's important because I think every person that looks at their offense says, CeeDee Lamb's going to be there forever. They have Amari Cooper. They have Michael Gallup. This is a contract year from Michael Gallup. And so I do wonder if the Cowboys are, are – undecided and, and want to want to preserve that kind of escape hatch with Amari Cooper. And that if Michael Gallup really does evolve or continue to evolve this season, maybe he and CeeDee are the pair they want to invest in for the long term and let Amari Cooper walk. Ultimately,
1: life is good right now. If you are a Dallas Cowboys fan, you talked about the pandemic and full capacity and things like that. This is March 11th, 2021. And for anybody that doesn't remember, this is a year to the day that the NBA shut down. And that was sort of, I feel like for a lot of people, the moment when everybody kind of stopped and said, okay, this is is a big deal now. Like the NBA has simply stopped playing in the middle of games. Like there were games that were canceled halfway through. The Thunder game was about to tip off. That got canceled. Nobody knew what was going on. Remember there was that shot of Mark Cuban Where he you see him literally read the news that they have shut down the NBA? That was one year ago today, and you're seeing tweets and stuff pop up on Twitter, and and to read them now, knowing where we've been, and to see like we had no idea what was coming. It's it's a weird feeling.
2: Yeah, that was um, before we started recording. We were talking about this is the week of the players on the PGA tour. And March eleventh was a Wednesday last year, and they chose to press on. Um and they played their Thursday round. And that was that was a really heavily debated thing at the time. And man, I mean, they all week long they've been kind of, you know, revisiting and, and showing, you know, there was an interview with Rory McElroy after they had canceled the tournament and you know, they somebody asked, like, should y'all be standing that close? Yeah. Like the level of the level of unknown, and I believe that night, um, right when the, the Thunder Jazz game went into flux was also when uh, the president at the time imposed the travel ban. And that, that's also like, you know, you you saw all sorts of things popping up on Twitter. My, my family members here, my family members there and um, all sorts of things, you know, kind of running around there. And then I, I will never forget. And I I know that everybody agrees with this, but when, when Woj tweeted that Rudy Gobert had tested positive, because you remember early in the day, he he had mocked it and, and touched every microphone and stuff. That was the true, like, gasp moment for me um and it is nuts i mean like it feels i don't even know how long that it feels it feels but it doesn't feel a year ago i know that it
1: it was i mean it was history like well this is going to be something that we remember forever at the time i was producing pro football talk live for nbcsn and we literally led the show the next morning with the nba shutting down like that was the sh- on pro football talk. That was the show <laughs> because it was like that was such a big deal. And of course, then you know, we spun it to how it affected the NFL and all that. But that was I'll, I'll never forget just like, I mean, sports have continued through world wars like and we had to shut down. And that was just it clicked in for me that like this is a big deal. It's not going away anytime soon. And something is going to happen that we have never seen before.
2: Yeah, I mean, I remember just. You know, once once we started to again, it pales in comparison, but think about football. It was, well, what are they going to do about free agency? I mean, remember, they thought about delaying free agency. And and now like now looking back, obviously, you wonder and and you think how how could that have like what would that have done um, to the calendar of everything? But um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's I mean, you mentioned it's history and I like I mean. Again, we could point out like a million things. Remember, it was like, I mean, how many people were like, okay, we're shutting down the office, see in two weeks, you know, whatever. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they, and then it was, oh, they think, you know, it'll be taken care of by May. And I mean, it's also like to think about, I mean, Whenever you do go somewhere for whatever reason, I mean, obviously, and I know different states have different, you know, mandates and regulations now. But remember, there was also such an issue with finding masks. Like, remember, that was when the like hand sanitizer draught was on. Like, it's it's nuts to think back. Like and the toilet paper shortage. I mean, like uh, it was um, and that's like it's really amazing to me, the human spirit, the way like people that that take care of those things, and manage to to find ways to find resources and and get them out in, in new and different ways. I never, ever thought we would have a toilet
1: paper shortage. But, yeah, I I remember I have pictures in my phone of going to the supermarket and just taking pictures of completely empty aisles with nothing on the shelves. Like, that wasn't a thing that happened. Like, when you went to the store, you got everything you needed and you came home. And then for a year, it was, let me go to the store and hope that they have certain things on my list. (laughs) And a lot of times you'd come home and it's like, my wife would be like, well, where's this? And I'd be like, they did not have any. And usually that's my go-to when I just can't find it or didn't feel like looking
2: for it. But like this time right. it was literally true. They didn't have any. I have two questions for you on this stats. Number one, um, you. I'm going to assume that you actually have a physical list when you go to the grocery store. Do you strike me as that person? Yes, I do. <laughs> that, I What's just, wrong with I, that? Nothing. I just I, I i think it was important to say that, like, I think everybody was thinking that that just you're the person that has the physical list with the like, you know, the pen like sitting on your ear while you're moving around grabbing cereal boxes and stuff. My my list is on my phone. So like I'm a little bit more, you know, efficient in that sense. Um, so no big deal. I need to write it. You know me. Like,
1: I have to write it I, down. That's true. <laughs> that puts it in my head. And yeah, if I have it on my phone, like, first of all, especially now with the mask, like, I don't want to have to keep unlocking my phone and entering that's the a password point. like a pilgrim. It's terrible. So give me the physical list. It's in my pocket. It never
2: shuts off. And that's how I go about my business. All right, let's do yeah. this. Well, my fault. My last thing is, um, what is something, if there's something that, that, like, is a big part of who you are like in your identity that wasn't before the pandemic. And I'll give you an example. I have a friend um, who is super into grilling now and, and he wasn't before, but you know, when, when all this started, he, you know, he said, okay, well I'm here, let me grill. And that, then he bought a smoker, you know, and it's all evolved. And like now, like every night he's grilling. And so like, it's a big part of like who he is now and it wasn't before. So like, is there anything for you like that?
1: Nothing like on a major scale, but I will say I've become way more handy than I used to be. Like I used to not be able to do anything. And then the pandemic hit and we had moved into our house. We had been in this house for less than a year and we really needed to like fill in some holes in the walls with putty and stuff and paint. And so I was like, you know what? One day I was just like, let me just try this because I'm bored out of my skull. And I did it and it came out pretty good and the walls look good. So then I found another kind of job to do. The other day, I fixed a leaky shower head. I had to go to Home Depot and buy a wrench. Like I'm like, who is this person doing this thing? And like I have started to become a little bit handy, like a tiny bit. But that would be the biggest change. What about you?
2: I worked at home before all this. Uh, that's how my job is operating. You now, you know, have joined those ranks, and and that has been a, an evolution throughout the pandemic that I've been grateful for is getting to know you. Um, but so I've always loved golf, but I, I've gotten to play so much more golf now. Um, and part of that is that my wife and I moved. Um, but so, um, you know, it's, and we moved to, um, to the same neighborhood that my parents live in. And so... It is, and some of this is you know it's not really pandemic related but it's just happened in the last year and so I, it's it's just really cool i mean you know being here in this this little bubble of sorts our own bubble and getting to play golf with my dad a lot and so um i've, I've gotten better it's you know maybe that's a brag i don't know but you're definitely over here, a brag <laughs> man stats you over here like yeah i'm a handyman i bought a, a, a belt uh, that my <laughs> wrench sits in that's right um, and uh you know th- did you walk around with your list at home depot that you needed to get your wrench just one thing
1: i don't know if it's a with only one item yeah. uh, i can pretty much remember that i'm not that bad yet so you went from uh you know what like a uh
2: two handicap to a scratch golfer is that the i mean i wouldn't quite go there uh but let's just say i'm i'm much more confident in do- and like i've i've had the time and the wherewithal now to like work on certain things like before it was always just like go out and play but now it's like okay let me dial this in and let me focus on this and i've also had more time I guess maybe that's an an evolution of it all. It's a watch like I've watched so many golf instructional things on YouTube. (laughs) um, And so like to take the time to implement those. That's the other thing. Like I've gotten way more into YouTube as a whole uh, throughout this whole thing. Like now I like I have different things I'm subscribed to and I use my watch later all the time. So um, shout out to YouTube. Help me through a lot of different things.
1: Let's do this. Let's take a break now. We'll get to some of the football stuff. We want to get into some of the guys that are going to be the next people to cash in. Now that Dak has his deal, maybe some of the next quarterbacks to cash in. And uh, we'll just react in general to the basic NFL bloodletting that we have seen around the league because dudes are getting released as we speak. So we'll do that and more after the break.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is...
1: Welcome back to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I was cool to go down memory lane a little bit uh, just to kind of revisit where we were a year ago when the coronavirus pandemic really became part of everyone's life with the cancellation of the NBA. If you have your memories you want to share with us, you can tweet RJ on Twitter. He is at RJ Ochoa. I am at Stats on Fire. Okay, Dak has been paid. He was sort of the next guy everyone was looking at and waiting for to get his contract. So now that he has been scratched off the list, R.J., I've got a couple of quarterbacks, I think, that are going to be due for big deals next, and I have advice for them. Who is on your list?
2: Well, so I think the one that, if I ran a front office, I would be most worried about is Josh Allen, right? Because I think of the 2018 class, with all due respect to Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, the biggest bet is probably on him. Um, But the biggest, you know, resume bullet point right now belongs to Lamar Jackson. And actually already we've seen Eric DaCosta having to talk about this. And he was actually specifically asked if the Dak Prescott deal has an impact on him. And so, first of all, that felt so good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it feels so nice to be on the other side of this. Uh, but second of all, I think I think Lamar is is honestly maybe the most pressing need because his his mantle is different than Josh Allen's right now
1: I think that agents around the league are studying this and if they're not they absolutely should be my advice to any quarterback really any player but quarterback specifically that is going to be due for a new deal do not sign anything play through your contract play through the two franchise tag years, and then you own the world. If I was Lamar Jackson, if I was Josh Allen, that's what I would say. Sign nothing. Look at Dak. Look what happened to Dak, right? He plays through his year. He plays through the franchise tag. What do they always say? Well, you. what about the risk of injury? You want to get that big contract? Well, Dak had the injury. Like That's had a major ankle injury, and he still signed the best contract in the history of the NFL. There is literally nothing to worry about. Who's the last guy, RJ, that had a straight-up career-ending injury, especially a quarterback? It's like Joe Theismann. I mean, Alex Smith's leg snapped like a twig and was popping out of his skin, and he came back. Like, it just doesn't happen anymore as a
2: quarterback. I agree with that. And, by the way, Dak did thank Alex Smith and and noted that Alex was a a point of inspiration for him in his return, obviously, that he's still going through. But – I, I agree a hundred percent with you, especially from a philosophy standpoint. Like I, I agree that and I think it's also worth mentioning that like insert one of the three here, Baker, Josh, or Lamar, could become the next person that we're saying they could become the highest earner in NFL history because they we found out on Wednesday the true value for the 2018 first round fifth year options. And they are the first rookie class or draft class rather, uh, in which their fifth year options are fully guaranteed. So you're talking about your fifth year would effectively be fully, or not effectively, would absolutely be fully guaranteed. Right. If you got franchise tagged twice, then that would be two straight years where your contract would be fully guaranteed. So you'd have three years of fully guaranteed money coming your way before you ultimately potentially got your long term deal. the The only thing that like, and this is this is the true risk in my mind is your is the talent or, or the success because. Like think about like Lamar, like think if Lamar could have gotten paid a year ago. I mean, you know, he, he would have gotten the world. And not that I'm I'm not personally down on Lamar. Like, I mean, I th- think he's a, an incredible quarterback and, and probably, I mean, I think he's a top 10 quarterback. But like a year ago, that conversation was like, it's Mahomes, it's Lamar, and then it's everybody else. And so, and, and th- that could be the case for Josh Allen next year, right? Like Josh Allen could not fall off a cliff, but the Bills could struggle. Things could be different. I mean, the Patriots could be back. Who knows? And so you do roll those dice is my only point. I'm so glad you went
1: in this direction because that was literally where I wanted to go. I, I, I don't know if you can see my notes to the computer screen or what's going on. If I were the Ravens, like I wouldn't be scared up. I would actually wait to sign Lamar. I would be fine if he wanted to be. Oh, say, hey, I'm not signing anything. That's great. We'll play through your tag. We'll franchise you because I'm more concerned about his future than I am about Josh Allen. And what I mean by that is Lamar was awesome. In his MVP year, like led the league in touchdown passes, ran for twelve hundred yards like that was incredible. But I think that the Ravens style and their offense kind of caught the league off guard. They took the league by storm a little bit, very similar to how Colin Kaepernick did in 2012, which, by the way, same offensive coordinator in Greg Roman. I think, by the way,
2: the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> I think
1: what we what we saw last year was the league kind of caught up a little bit. They were a little more prepared for Lamar, and he didn't have as good of a season. Now, I think it's on the Ravens this year to get him some actual weapons that help him out a little bit so you have some physical talent that can compensate for a, for defenses that maybe are a little more prepared. But I still am not totally confident that Lamar is going to be like this stud guy that you have to get under contract. So I think that the Ravens would be okay with waiting on it because even though the franchise tag is expensive, part of what you're paying for there is flexibility. is the freedom to be able to get out of the contract with Lamar and say, we need to go in a different direction if you're not convinced by what you see on the
2: field. I agree with that. And I also think there's a level of logic to saying now's the time to buy, right? Like, now's the time that Lamar will blink because he is coming off of a less success. And, like, it's so weird to say less successful when the Ravens got to the divisional round because they vanquished the Tennessee Titans. You know, like, that was, it was a really successful year for the Ravens, but it just wasn't this, like, God-mode season for Lamar individually. Um, but, that like, I also think there's motivation from a front office because, like we said, I mean, you're talking about now, after this season, paying, like, a hundred percent guaranteed money to this court, like whichever one of these three for three years. And that, that isn't like a fun idea to consider. And what's more is this, this was not, this worked for Dak, but this was not wise of the Cowboys because they could have gotten for much cheaper Mm -hmm. if they had, if they had overwhelmed him, so to speak in 2019, he would be making something like 35 million a year with like a hundred and I don't know, 12 million guaranteed. I mean, he got significantly more. He also got the no tag cost, the no trade cost. I mean, so all of those things that if you're the Ravens or the Bills or the Browns, I mean, you can kind of get ahead of that. And what's more is the Cowboys did not have a lot of financial flexibility themselves last year because the franchise tag is fully guaranteed so they had to carry that 31.4 million dollar cap hit everyone's making such a big deal rightfully so about how Dak's cap hits only 22 million dollars this year that would not have been the case if he had been on the franchise tag so but to your point i know you're advising the quarterbacks i mean that's that's a point of leverage there's a lot of leverage you have and you can exercise
1: i agree that yeah if you're totally sold on a guy now is the time to try and buy low if you can convince them to do it because it's like, what do they always say when you hit the lottery? Take the lump sum now because the money now is it's going to be better for you than if you take the installments because of inflation and all that. Well, it's for an NFL team, like pay now because it's going to cost you less down the line because the market's going to go up and up and up. I read something the other day that the salary cap because of the new money from the TV deals could double in five years, which is like, that is incredible. So you would definitely want to get a guy under contract now if you could. Um when it comes to Josh Allen, like, I look at the signs for him and I, I'm blown away. Like, if you look, his completion percentage has gone up every year he's been in the league. It went from 58 to 69% in one year last year. His yards up every single season. Touchdowns up every single season. I mean, all the signs are pointing up on Josh Allen. To me, if I were the Bills, I would try to blow him out of the water right now. Right now, I agree with you. get it in because it's going to cost you more later. I, whereas Lamar, I want to wait.
2: I'm in on Josh Allen. I agree with that, especially. And I, I, I'd hate to keep making it. I don't hate. But I mean, I'm not making this about the Cowboys, but uh, the Cowboys are not as forward thinking of a front office as the Bills are. However the Bills have done a smart thing that the Cowboys have also done and that they have surrounded their quarterback with a lot of help, which is something that separates them from the Ravens. Although the Ravens have have done other things to help their overall team. And so to that point and a lot of conversations that, you know, I've had this week and and revisiting this whole deck saga has been how stupid it was last year of them (laughs) to, to not pay him because they, they were betting against themselves, right? Like in, in the best like case scenario, you know, you gave this guy all of this help, right? And like, what's what's the what's the best result possible? You win the Super Bowl, right? Like, that's literally it. And so, if you do that, you lose, at, like on the <laughs> on the betting side of Financially, this. Financially, like, yeah, right. And the Bills have done a very similar thing. I mean, trading for Stephon Diggs, and uh, they they are forward thinking, and that I know that they've already moved on from John Brown, but you know, bringing in Cole Beasley, and I know they specifically brought those types of receivers in because they wanted to get people who could separate to help Josh Allen out. And so, okay, so you're. On one hand, you're you're doing everything you can to elevate this guy, but you're also hypothetically, financially trying to win, which would involve him regressing, which would hurt your overall cost.
1: Yeah, it's you're right. It's sort of a weird situation there. If the guy stinks, it's like, okay, good. It'll cost us less to sign right. him. Like, do we really <laughs> want to sign him? Because he kind of stinks. So, yeah, it's it's you're right. They were betting against themselves, and that is not uh, what your team should be doing when they're trying to win a championship. So, okay. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Is there anybody else right now that you want to put on the list? Or do you think that's where the focus is? Is you, I think you putting Baker? Baker that's
2: he, the next one. He has to qualify. Like he has to. And I mean, just because like, unlike the other two, I mean, they, they all have these like distinct qualities. Lamar and that he's had the MVP year Baker and that he's, or excuse me, Josh, and that he's clearly the best right now. Baker's the number one overall pick, but I think, and I realized what Josh Allen means to the Bills and is very tied to that community. But in a weird, weird different way, Baker almost means more to the Browns because Baker is like the face of their return to relevance. Like the Bills had already gotten a little bit over the hump prior to Josh Allen with with Terod Taylor. And so Baker is like the face of that. And so I think that there's more like, passion behind get Baker signed similarly to how there was with Dak Prescott and so like I do think that that's a heavier sort of motivation in some sense and if the Browns move on from Odell Beckham Jr. this offseason that becomes like again betting against themselves in a lot of ways too unless they do think that that unlocks Baker but yeah I mean he has and and he's the draft's number one overall pick and so I mean that I don't know that's that's a really you know, and, and like next year, we're gonna be talking about Kyler Murray. So like you've, you've got to beat somebody, right? Because at some point, one of these guys is eventually going to get a contract. That's bigger than Patrick Mahomes. You don't want to be that guy. I don't think because <laughs> you you don't, or you don't want to be that front office because like, you don't want your dude to have to deal with all the, I can't believe he's getting paid more than Mahomes, you know, hysteria. Like Dak got in below that in, in some financial senses, but, but we're, we're flirting with that, and some one of these three is gonna get over that hump. The Baker thing is fascinating to
1: me because I agree. Like, if you're a Browns fan, you're like, look, I don't care that Baker's not the greatest quarterback in the league. Right. He's this mine. guy got us to the playoffs. We haven't amended, we haven't sniffed forget it, we haven't sniffed five hundred, let alone playoffs. Like you want to cast us back into that limbo? No. Yeah. Like, I think there would be a flat-out revolt from the Cleveland fans. But if I just look at it objectively, you know, as a Niner fan, I feel like it's I'm detached from all of that. Is Baker super impressive? No. He, he's fine. 26 touchdowns, 8 interceptions last year, 3,500 yards. Not a bad season by any stretch. A great season, a season that's going to cost me $30
2: million a year? I don't know. Would you, and maybe, maybe this is, I don't know if you want to put this on the look ahead bet board, um, but a year from now, if I, a, a year from now, I'm going to ask you which quarterback would you rather have for the future? Baker Mayfield or Joe Burrow? Who do you think your answer will be a year from now? So a year from
1: now, I mean, Joe Burrow could be dealing with a new offensive system, a new head coach. Um, yeah, he I don't could. I don't know how much confidence I have in Cincinnati to put people around him to actually help him. Um, But I don't have a ton of confidence in Baker either. Like, I think Baker is what he is, which is not terrible, but I think there's a ceiling there. He's not a super athletic guy, even though I feel like sometimes he plays like he thinks he is. Like, someone needs to tell him you can't outrun dudes, Baker. Like, you're just not that fast. Right. That's a tough – ask me a year from now because I don't want to answer it now. (laughs) That's
2: the point. Like, what do you you think that you will say a year from now?
1: I think I'll say a year from now, Joe Burrow, just because I think Burrow is better
2: physically than Baker. I do too. And I think that Burrow – Baker certainly isn't short on Moxie. Um, But, like – burrow burrow is to cincinnati what baker has been to cleveland right like like he is that that promised prince right that that's gonna like deliver them from this like wilderness of you know suck and so like like i mean that's like that's going to happen and i mean especially if they do help him which remains to be seen but to your point he is inhibited like big i i think i will say baker because he has Kevin Stefanski who I certainly believe in and I I'm definitely out on Zach Taylor at this point as I know you are as well and so that that makes I, I think Joe Burrow is probably the better quarterback but the situations I think is is much more friendly to Baker
1: yeah it's 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 amazing how attached fans get to quarterbacks that win and I know that sounds dumb like, of course, you would be attached to a quarterback that wins. But but quarterback wins, it's such a misleading, ridiculous thing. And I've seen it in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I cannot imagine, I can't even remember a player who has inspired more fierce loyalty than Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco mm. 49ers fan base. When you just look at his play on the field and what he's done they're acting like this is Joe Montana. Like, there are Jimmy Garoppolo stands out there that do not want Deshaun Watson. They don't want a quarterback <laughs> in the first round. They don't want any. Like, they love this guy. And I don't understand why. And I think it's because the one year that he was healthy, obviously, they got to the Super Bowl very close to winning the Super Bowl. And fans just hold tight to that. They cannot see past that. And I wonder
2: if it's sort of the same thing with the Browns and Baker Mayfield just because they've been so horrible for so long. I think a similar effect – has been Tony Romo and believe me, love Tony Romo. Um, And I, I will always probably maintain he is my favorite athlete in terms of dudes who I have watched as like a full understanding, you know, person Um, just because I was, you know, a little too young to like fully experience MJ in his prime and things like that. But um, particularly when the Dak Prescott, you know, era began in 2016, I mean, it was, it was hazardous, like talking, you know, about this because like there are people who still maintain that the Cowboys made a mistake sticking with Dak in 2016 and and I guess stats is one of them but people like what has not helped that cause like just this particular thing is his I'm look I'm not like annoyed by it but his like parlor trick of guessing plays on the broadcast because like for so long people have said look how smart he is he, he would be carving up these defenses <laughs> and all, all these things and in in a similar way to what you just mentioned with Jimmy G Um, It's ironic that both both of these players are Eastern Illinois alum, by the way, Uh, but that, um, you know, and just like your boy Sean Payton, but um, and like uh, like Mike Shanahan. So this all goes full circle. Uh, But, um, you know the last time people really saw romo because he only played 4 games in 2015 and he was hurt in two of them um and one of them the season opener you'll re- recall was sunday night football and he had this like last second drive with a lot of dump offs to lance dunbar where he beat the new york giants but so like the last full body of work that people saw from him was the 2014 season which was by far him at the peak of his powers so like i've always said that people when when they like compared to Romo, they com- they compare him to the last thing they saw from Romo, which was the like the best version of the most statistically successful quarterback in franchise history. It's this like an in- impractical thing to truly be measured against all the time, but that's how football fans work.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate. We remember certain things for certain reasons, and we ignore other stuff that might contradict. What we want to believe and for Cowboys fans. And I, like you said, I was one of them. Like I thought they should have stuck with Romo, not because like, I didn't have confidence in Dak, but I was like, the Cowboys have a really good team. Probably the best team Tony Romo's ever had. Like, let's see him. Let's go. Like for, for a long time, I feel like Romo was there in Dallas and there wasn't much around him. Like he was kind of having to do it all. So I wanted to see him get that opportunity. They went a different direction. And look, we all know, where they've ended up since then. But yeah, the the attachment to certain guys boggles my mind. And, and look, with the way guys are getting released around the league now, don't get attached because I think everybody's team is going to look vastly different in 2021.
2: Well, on the subject of that stats, um, it's always fun when we get breaking news here on The Look Ahead. And I don't know that this is going to like, you know, knock you over or anything like that. But um, I think one of the still like, Not really talked about storylines of the offseason is the Kansas City Chiefs tackle situation, considering it defined the Super Bowl and will partly define the legacies of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Uh, Well, as we are recording, it has been reported by Adam Schefter that the Kansas City Chiefs released former number one overall pick Eric Fisher, obviously the tackle they took in 2013. And their other tackle,
1: Mitchell Schwartz, both tackles are out in Kansas City. Oh, wow. Ian Rappaport has the Mitchell Schwartz. this. Mitchell Schwartz is a really good player. Like, So the Chiefs have said, that's it. We have seen what happens when our, we can't protect our guy. Both tackles are gone, which is crazy to me because you would think, like, the Chiefs are kind of like, look, run it back and we'll be good. But they are not settling for what they had. They are trying to improve. And so Patrick Mahomes is going to have two new tackles in
2: 2021. I, I mean, I, I respect the you know, the motivation to improve, right? Like, good is not enough, right? Like, whatever. Um, but what with what resources? I mean, like, and I don't even mean, like, what Chiefs resources, like, what available resources. You know, this isn't, like, a heavy tackle pool in free agency. Um, I, and it's actually now, like, these are two of the better options, like, for, for other, like, teams looking for would-be tackles. And the only, like... I, I mean, I, it's always a scary proposition to like plug and play a tackle day one that you draft. But still, I mean, the the like cream of the crop or Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater and both will be gone in the top like 15. And so, I mean, this is a really precarious roll of the dice by Kansas City in my mind.
1: You know, I almost wonder if the Chiefs look at it like this. There's going to be so many guys out there. We're going to be able to find someone, maybe a really good player. And we're going to say, look, you're not going to get the big deal that you would normally get in a regular year. Come to us for a year. We're the freaking Chiefs. We've got Patrick Mahomes. We always go to at least the AFC Championship game. Come with us, get your ring, and then you can get paid either with
2: us or with somebody else in 2022. Maybe they're banking on that. I mean, that's a really arrogant way to go about this. Uh, And, like, look, again, if there's there has to be a plan, right? Like, or at least um, as the great Phoebe Buffet once said, a plus in place. But I mean, I just like if if it was me, right? And I have the greatest quarterback on earth, right? Zero doubt about this. Like, nobody will disagree with this. And his kryptonite was the absence of these players and the like the the what they represent in the Super Bowl. Like I have learned more than ever, that that is literally our Achilles heel. So why would you just like you know what I Voluntarily mean? Voluntarily like, put yourself in yeah, that situation? Yeah, like you're, this is you know, and you're like screaming to everybody, which everybody already knew. But you're like, this is a big problem. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I just and 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 now now we need to solve this problem.
1: But that's their only problem. I feel like that's really the like if. Imagine going into the offseason and saying we have one thing we need to fix and we have the draft and we have free agency to get it fixed. in. I feel like you could solve one problem in an off season, right?
2: I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like, again, we talked about you and I have become good chums throughout the last year but I feel like the stats I know was walking around this time of year ago saying the 49ers are just one piece away, right? And and I know that injuries happened, but, I mean, it's not that easy, right? Like, You're it, right. It, it really is not. Yeah, I mean, you can't assume anything. You can't assume championships. Um you can't assume players are going to be the same and that like what what was okay last year is going to be fine this year like things things regress like it's football weird crap happens
1: there's that saying you either get better or you get worse but you never stay the same Ross Tucker just responded to this news on Twitter. He said, nothing like getting cut a month after tearing your Achilles for the team in the AFC Championship game. Okay, well, he didn't tear the Achilles for the team. It wasn't like Eric Fisher. If you sacrifice your Achilles, you'll go to a Super Bowl. But Ross said, next time any of you want to complain about players holding out, honoring contracts, et cetera, do
2: yourself a favor and don't. Hashtag football is family. (laughs) I mean, football is a business. It is a family. Like, all of these points are valid. But, like, that... That does suck. I mean, like, it, it it really does. And it does feel like they're leaving Eric Fisher a bit in the cold. Um, And I agree. That's why, like, players get paid. Like, that's what people always like, Well, people have asked us at BTB, like, why are, you, why are you a proponent for Dak getting paid so much? It hurts the team. Because he deserves it. Like, because every player deserves it. Like, they should all get the bag, like, as soon and as often yep. as they can.
1: Absolutely. A thousand percent. And I don't care about the whole, like, honor your contract thing. Like, dudes get cut all the time. If we could do what players could do in our jobs, we would all do the same thing. If I could hold out and say, hey, I'm not going to host or produce any podcast until I get more money.
2: Like, yeah, I would do it because this just in, I would like more money. Who wouldn't? Um, well, you know, it's bold of you stats to, to want more money. I mean, <laughs> you know, I want like, think, think about how many wrenches you could buy. I mean, it really is uh, fascinating to consider. fix a lot I, I of w- showerheads. Yeah, or buy a new shower head. You know what I mean? Like, who cares? Like, you know, do go wild. I wanted to mention something else to you. Um, I didn't put this on the rundown, but I saw on the shout out to Dolphins Reddit um, that Juju Smith Schuster was playing, I think, Fortnite. Um, and uh, I'm not a Fortnite person myself. That's why, you know, I'm, I don't have any like problems with that. I've just never been, you know, someone that's been into it. But um, as I understand, you can, uh, you can put your character in different outfits and whatever. And, I'm sure you've seen like the commercials and stuff. Like his dude is always like it's Juju, right? Like in his Steelers get up, he was wearing a Dolphins uniform. Like with mm. like it was like Juju in a Dolphins uniform. I like his number, his name, whatever. So like, I find that interesting. I think you're going to start seeing more and more of that now.
1: Just like players putting it out there, who they like, who they're interested in trying to, I mean, he's a free agent, so he can sign with whoever he wants, but like, Keep an eye on the, uh, it sounds weird to say, keep an eye on the video game streams, man. There, I think there's man. information to be found. That's the world we live in
2: now. I love that world. And I'm super grateful that Dak Prescott is not part of it. Like, I love looking through, <laughs> like, who players are following on Instagram uh, and, you know, kind of mm-hmm. slipping up in that capacity. I know it ended up being fake, but maybe looking at their Peloton profiles because that is at least somewhere where a clue could potentially be found. Um, But yeah, I, I, is the Russell Wilson shoe going to drop? Like, do we believe this? I'm on record. I think he's taken his last
1: snap for the Seahawks. He's not as public. He's trying to not be as, as forceful with it as Deshaun Watson. I think he's just as mad. I think he's just trying to save face a little bit. I think the Seahawks have already started to grease the skids for an offer with Mike Silver getting out there and saying, well, they they wouldn't be doing their job if they weren't listening to offers. You're like, okay, I don't think the Chiefs are listening to offers for Mahomes, but that's fine. I think he I think it's done. I think it will happen at some point. And I I think yeah, like we are going to be in full Sherlock Holmes mode from basically next week when the new league year
2: opens until the start of the season. It it's going to be wild. So, wait, who's Holmes and who's Watson? Because I mean, that's that's a thing. Like you know what I mean? Like that's you know. But we'll leave that. We'll let the listeners decide. Let there us you know go. in the reviews. All right. Um, but but the new league year will have begun, and and things will have happened prior to next week's look ahead. So like looking ahead, so to speak. Like give me give me something, stats. Give me like a give me a, a bone to chew on for the week. Like something that's going to happen that we can come back and sit down, and you can say you can just plop the bone on the table and say, "I told you, it happened."
1: I mean, to me, it's that Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are going to be on different teams next year. Both of them. I'm talking next week,
2: dude. Like, because again, like the league year will have begun. You got to have something. You, know, I know you have something. No, I, I got nothing, man. I don't know. I, okay, I'll, 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 I'll go. I'll go. I think Drew Brees will have announced he's coming. Oh, back. Oh,
1: uh, coming back, coming back. Okay, I thought yeah, you were going to say he's retiring. Not retiring. So he just decided to voluntarily give up all that money just because he's a nice
2: dude? Well, do you think Ben Roethlisberger, you know, trimmed his salary because he's a nice dude? Like, no. they know their places. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they know their places. I think, I think it really, and it's fair, bums Drew out that he went out the way he went out. And there are certain guys that have certain sway with certain teams and can, can kind of, you know, dictate, I want to do this. And I think Drew is one of them. And 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 I don't think the Saints have a really, truly legitimate option behind him. And I think the Saints are bothered that their season was ended by the Buccaneers. You know, like the, the, the Saints are the pettiest team in the NFL <laughs> almost. And so, like, I I think that it bothers them that, like, a better version of themselves, right? Like this team that plays great defense, that has this older quarterback that's supposed to be awesome with this head coach that is regarded for his offensive philosophies. Like, that's the Saints, is it not? And, like, I think it bothers them that that team didn't win their division but went to their house and kicked the crap out of them and then went and beat the Packers, which is kind of like the Saints thing to do as, like, a trump card of sorts, and then went and beat the Chiefs. Like, I think it bothers them. And I, I think, like, as a group, as a nucleus, they're saying, you know what? one more let's just one more let's go back let's do just one more time and so that's my I think by the time we do the we we'll look ahead next week Drew Brees will have announced he's coming back
1: that is fascinating to me because I know that Sean Payton has eyes for other quarterbacks I saw it in person the year Deshaun Watson was drafted at the Super Bowl uh, we interviewed Deshaun Watson we had him on our set for pro football talk and Sean Payton was coming on our set right after that and I'm telling you the second the interview with Deshaun Watson ended Sean Payton flew up the stairs to get to our set to talk to Deshaun Watson. And I was standing, you know, five feet away. I could hear Sean Payton telling Deshaun Watson, you are incredible. We love you. I think you're going to be a stud. We got to find a way to come up to get you. Like he couldn't wait to talk to Deshaun Watson. And I think there's a part of Sean Payton that wants to see what he can do with another quarterback, with a different quarterback, a mobile quarterback, a quarterback that actually can throw the ball down the field So uh, part of me wonders if maybe he
2: wants Drew Brees to retire. But see, like, I mean, he has all the time in the world for that. Like, he's still young. You know what I mean? Like, like, very young, Sean is, like, comparatively speaking. And so, I mean, this is, and, like, consider, like, I almost think it's maybe worth rolling the dice on Drew, like, if Drew's down, because it's either going to work Right, the way you want it to work, or you're going to suck. Right. Like, because that's the the Saints are at the tipping point. And like where they're at right now, they don't have the capital, like even from a salary cap space, to go after Deshaun Watson. Right. Like they just don't. They don't have the capital to pull anything off. I know that they franchise tagged, you know, Marcus Williams and, and pulled that rabbit out of their hat and everything, but like they don't. I mean, and so it truly is to me, you know, Drew or Jameis like that. Those are the <laughs> true like feet or taste him like, right. Like, no, but like in, in, ter- in terms of like practical options, like those are the only ones they really have. And like the other thing is like, it. I don't, I don't even know. We talked about the pandemic. Like, are we going to get an off season? Like they're going to have OTAs in minicamps? So like now you're going to go another year without being able to do that. So you want to bring in somebody new and not that Deshaun or whoever couldn't handle it, but like, why roll those dice? You know, like you're not in a position to draft one of these quarterbacks. I mean, it it almost makes sense to run it back, given where the Saints are, especially with their roster. Like their roster is very talented, and, and like you you don't have the 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 setup to start over, and so you need to either implode or explode. Look, as
1: a team, as a fan of a team that plays in the NFC, great. Any of those quarterback options for the Saints, awesome. You want to run it back with the ancient mariner, Drew Brees? That's cool. Or you want to throw in the dude that threw 30 picks in a season. Awesome. I'm all for that. Or throw in Taysom Hill, the dude who's so great, he doesn't actually have any position because he's not good enough to be any one thing. Go for it. Saints like, I'm here for that.
2: Absolutely bring it. I'll sign for that as a Niner fan. I will add a, a level of pettiness. I don't think Drew is a petty person, but I think it would make sense if he would want to outlast Philip Rivers, right? Because, like, I think there's, like, a a hint of, like, that's the dude who took my San Diego job, right? Like, you know, for for Drew and Philip Rivers. So, like, outlasting him would prove, like, not that there's a doubt at this point, but, like, would prove, look at that, I even outlasted Philip Rivers. I mean, okay. You won the Super Bowl, man. Come on. He Again, I'm not saying it's, like, the last thing he needs, you know, (laughs) for his career, but it also, like, the NFC South, I don't think we've talked, maybe we'll talk about this later, like throughout the the off season, but like it's low key bad. I mean, like it's the bucks and then like the Falcons are going to be a mess. The Panthers are going to be a mess. And so if you're the saints, like it's you, my point is you can, you can talk yourself into this rather easily, more easily than you can talk yourself into other things. Well, good luck saints. You do you. That's all I'm going to
1: say. That's going to do it for this edition of the look ahead, part of the SB nation NFL show. Again, we remind you great, review subscribe we appreciate it it helps five star ratings and leave questions in your reviews i know you're probably going to have a ton of them once the new league year starts we will answer them and keep an eye out on locker room as well rj because i know you're going to be doing a ton of stuff on locker room i'll be doing it as well when news breaks we'll, we'll have some instant reaction stuff for you we will be here for you every day of this craziness
2: love you what